hello there. I'm Panicky in the UK, and this is Panicky Pictures. <coughs> so, first of all, we just lost William Friedkin, and um, I don't really have anything prepared for that, but I did want to note it. Um, obviously, an incredibly important director. Uh, the first William Friedkin film I ever saw was The Exorcist, and... I had the great experience of watching it projected in the Hyde Park Picture House in Leeds. Um, it was the director's cut, or possibly it was the um, writer's cut. Um, I think it may have been uh, the Blatty cut. Uh, but that was as part of Mark Kermode's book tour, I think, for its only a movie. Uh, so that would have been maybe 10 to 12 years ago. And that was a really great environment to see the film in. Obviously, Mark Kermode is an Exorcist super fan, um, so you could really feel the love in the room. Uh, much more recently, I saw Sorcerer, incredibly tense, uh, taut film. And I think that's pretty much the extent of um, my William Freakin knowledge. I haven't seen The French Connection. I know I need to. Um, but although... I'm not really across Friedkin. I am aware of how incredibly influential he's been. Um, I think particularly French Connection, really. And, you know, it, it is a huge loss. Uh, so I did just want to mark that, but it is not what uh, I am talking about today because it's International Cat Appreciation Day. And although it's always Cat Appreciation Day in this house, and I spent the day hanging out with my cat, uh, I thought it would be fun to do just a little episode to celebrate it. It's also International Black Cat Appreciation Day next week, uh, Thursday the 17th of August. I did think about holding off on this, maybe doing um, an episode kind of at the midpoint, or doing one on Thursday, but uh, then I didn't do that. I'm doing it now. So here we are. Um, <laughs> as you can probably already tell, this is going to be one of my more loosey-goosey episodes. Uh, and I'm probably going to keep it pretty short because honestly, I am swamped right now. Uh, I won't bore you with the details, but I've got a lot going on. Um, so we'll get right into it and this will probably be... A relatively quick episode, although, you know, famous last words, I've said that before. So here we go. What I've done is um, I watched a couple of cat-related movies, which I'm going to talk about briefly, <laughs> and I also did a couple of lists of some of my favourite on-screen cats. So take it away, me. Alright, so last night I watched uh, the film Luck, on Apple TV Plus. I wanted to like it a lot more than I did, but there were things about it that really charmed me. Um, I kind of feel like it's very derivative in a lot of ways. It kind of feels like, you know, what if Meet the Robinsons went to Zootopia and it was Inside Out, kind of? And also, I did find that the Land of Luck kind of had this design that felt like the inside of an Apple store, but also like uh, one of the main settings on Mass Effect, you know what I mean? Uh, but if the Apple store or Mass Effect uh, mostly stocked like offensive Irish stereotypes, 
so that wasn't great uh you know it was kind of lacking in visual interest for me a lot of that section of the film and also <laughs> kind of racist um but there, there were parts of it that i really liked i thought the first act was really fun uh with a lot of great physical comedy really well executed slapstick and I thought that the third act quite nicely tied things together. It was just that there was a long stretch in the middle uh, that really wasn't working for me. And uh, I wish they'd spent a lot more time in the bad luck zone. Because the land of luck was just a uh, snoozeville for me. But the reason it's a cat-related movie is because it stars Simon Pegg as a talking cat. Uh, a black cat, indeed. Um... And uh, kind of the hook of the movie, in a way, is that black cats are considered unlucky in many cultures, but they are considered lucky in Scotland. Uh, So the question is, is he a lucky Scottish cat, or is he an unlucky cat from somewhere else? Um, I don't know. I guess you'll just have to find out. Uh, So... Something of a disappointment for me, but uh, kind of worth watching in the end, I found, you know, I, uh, the emotional stakes were quite nicely set up, and, you know, it did have a compelling central character. Like I said, the beginning and the end, I thought, worked really nicely, it's just that there is a long stretch in the middle that uh, really didn't resonate with me at all. So, you know, a bit of a curate's egg, uh, and I definitely couldn't recommend it unreservedly but probably ended up liking it more than disliking it on balance um yeah very qualified recommendation there uh the other film that i watched was inside the mind of a cat today which is a netflix documentary uh pretty basic surface level stuff you know they interview various Uh, cat psychologists, some people who work with cats in various capacities, uh, a historian. There's some interesting stuff there. Uh, It's definitely a documentary that is sort of aimed at a pretty broad audience, I would say a family audience. So, you know, there's a certain level of scientific inquiry, but it doesn't dive super deep into certain things. I thought it was a little bit facile at times, like when it was talking about the history of witchcraft, which it kind of glances over very briefly, and I felt misrepresented the actual history of that and, you know, the real circumstances surrounding that. But, you know, um, it's still a fun watch. Lots of interesting stuff about cats. I don't know why Jackson Galaxy wasn't in it. Feels like it should have been a shoe-in for him. But, you know, it was okay. It wasn't a top-tier cat movie, let's put it that way. Uh, So let's get to some top-tier cat movies, why don't we? Um, So I've made two separate lists, one for live-action cats and one for animated cats. And the animated cats list is twice as long, because that's how I roll. Uh, But let's start with the live-action cats. So at number five, I've got Harry from somebody I used to know. Not a movie that I loved, although there were things I liked about it, and I really like Alison Brie, and I really like what she and Dave Franco are trying to do in reviving the rom-com. I just don't think that they have been successful in doing that so far, but you know, good luck to them, because I'd love for that to happen. Um, Well, I talked about rom-coms extensively in my last episode, so (laughs) we won't get uh, too deep into that. 
But I do really like the character of Harry the cat in that movie and the relationship that uh, Alison Brie has with the cat, I believe, uh, played by uh, her and Dave Franco's real-life cat. Um, and I, I do think it really captures, uh, you know, the bond between um, a cat haver <laughs> and and that cat. I don't want to say oh no because that just rubs me up the wrong way. But I'm not really sure what's a non cutesy way of saying that. I don't know. But it it uh, it shows that bond quite nicely. I think even though that cat is enormous. Uh, to the point where I was slightly worried for his health, um, but very cute, and uh, and so possibly one of the highlights of that movie for me, which I otherwise found, uh, you know, very mixed. All right, at number four, it's Jersey from Can You Ever Forgive Me, a film I absolutely love, and possibly my favourite film from this list, but not my favourite cat from this list. Um, I think that... Jersey feels more like, um, less like a character and more like something that's used to kind of reflect Lee Israel's state of mind in the film. Um, so I didn't really feel like I got to know Jersey as a cat, but, um, it's, it's such a beautiful film that I absolutely adore. It's kind of, it's edging out somebody I used to know because I like the movie better, but probably Harry is a better character than Jersey. Uh, Alright, at number three, all the cats from Logan's Run. Logan's Run, <laughs> for some reason, uh, ends up uh, with a scene of an old man surrounded by cats I've never really understood why, but I've always found it incredibly striking. Um, I love that. Uh, so every single one of those cats is a superstar. Uh, I'm not going to single any of them out. Um, and another movie with multiple cat stars is Le Cercle Rouge. And uh, Matei, the cop character in that movie, has three cats. Fiorello, Griffolet, and Ofren. And please excuse my pronunciation. It has been a while since I saw the movie and um, my French pronunciation is, is terrible at the best of times. But I think that those moments in the film really serve to humanise Matei in a way that might not otherwise happen. You know, he's kind of hyper-competent, hyper-professional, but not a character that gets a great deal of emotional depth in the other scenes. But those scenes with his cats really do, I think, serve to add another layer to his character and I think probably make you root for him more than you otherwise would. Although, obviously, you know, being a Melville film, uh, it's pretty morally grey. I don't know if I don't know if it's entirely clear whom you should be rooting for, but it definitely helps his case uh, that he has such a, a sweet relationship with his cats. And finally, number one, uh, Ulysses from Inside Lewin Davis, who is actually two to three different cats, but 
Uh, I love Inside Lone Davis. It is one of my favourite Coen Brothers movies. Um, I think slightly controversially, it doesn't work for everyone. It probably helps that I'm such a big Dylan fan and Oscar Isaac, of course. We love him. But I think, uh, you know, Ulysses the Cat really adds something to that film. Not that it needs, because I think it would be a fantastic film even without Ulysses, but I think that it does elevate the film and gives the film one of its best lines. Say it with me. Where's his scrotum, Lewin? So yeah, we love Ulysses, and of course we know that the Coen brothers love a Homeric reference, and Anne Bilson's Cats on Film does a great kind of uh, mapping out of uh, Ulysses the Cat's journey onto Odysseus's journey, which I think is pretty tongue-in-cheek, but uh, it's still fun, and uh, I do recommend uh, Anne Bilson's Cats on Film if you like cats on film. All right, so that's my live action cats. Let's move on to the animated list. Now, I should just point out, first of all, a couple of uh, notable animated cats that I haven't included here. So one is Puss in Boots, and, you know, I haven't seen The Last Wish, which I'm sure is incredible. I've heard so many people say how incredible it is. Um, I kept meaning to see it. I didn't get around to it. I will at some point. Um, but, uh, I couldn't, I didn't feel that I could include him on the list because my only real, uh, reference point for that character is whatever Shrek movie he first appears in. I don't even remember which one it is. And it's been so long since I saw any Shrek movie. I don't think he's a major part of it. I haven't seen any that I'm over-explaining, but anyway, he's not on here. Um, the other notable exclusion is um, Cat in Paris. Now, I don't remember if I've seen that movie. I have this vague idea that I may have done, but I don't remember it at all. Uh, so I apologise, because it's probably a really great movie, but um, I simply do not remember. And that might be because when I saw it, I was uh, on... Uh, like a ton of Prozac uh, because most of my 20s are a blur for that reason. Uh, so, you know, let me off the hook, will ya? Alright, so let's talk animated cats. Number 10 is Dragon the Cat from Toy Story 4. Uh, Toy Story 4 is a really meaningful movie to me because I wrote my master's dissertation on it, um, so it's, it's huge for me. Uh, the cat in that film uh, is not a major character. However, I do just think that the animation on that cat is so spectacular. It's the moment in the movie, I think, that really goes to show just how far technology has come since the original Toy Story movie was released in 1995. Um, it's just incredible how she looks, um, the way her fur catches the light. Um, I think we all know things like hair and fur are particularly hard to render in CGI, so it's especially impressive just how kind of photorealistic and gorgeous that cat looks. So yeah, you know, it's more for technical reasons than it is for character reasons, although I think she's a pretty good character as well. 
but the, it it's just visually stunning and I think that sometimes that's something that we can maybe miss in the Toy Story movies because so much of them is focused on these um unreal characters which is a smart move because human characters can often look a bit jarring and uncanny um, in CGI if they're too realistic. Um, so the fact that we have these slightly kind of exaggerated, plasticky, inhuman toys is definitely a smart move and quite possibly why Pixar originally decided to to make a film that focused on toys rather than people. But what it does mean is that sometimes we don't pick up on just how much that technology has improved in the intervening years when we're comparing the Toy Story movies to one another. So it's just little moments like that, I think, that really bring it home um, just how stunning that movie is. Uh, so so there we go, that's Dragon the Cat. And next on the list, we've got Tiger from An American Tale. Might have been higher, but it's just so long since I saw the movie that it was hard for me to remember. But um, I have such fond memories of that movie. I did rewatch the uh, duo clip before recording this, and um, I don't love the character design of Tiger, but I do love what Dom DeLuise is doing in that performance. I, I do love uh, the characterization of Tiger and I just, I, I was a big Don Bluth fan as a kid. Um, I haven't revisited a lot of those movies and maybe they haven't aged well, I don't know, but you know, I just remember it really, really fondly. Um, so I had to include uh, Tiger on there. All right, uh, so number, what are we, eight? Uh, Captain Amelia from Treasure Planet. Does she count? Is she a real cat? I don't know. She's a humanoid cat alien, but on the Disney wiki, she is in the cat category. So I put her in here. I really like Treasure Planet. I It's from that kind of period of Disney where they weren't doing that well. People call it the experimental period, which is a name that makes sense to me for that era. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Treasure Island adaptations anyway, not so much the original novel, but you know, Muppet Treasure Island, Marty Ross's adaptation of Treasure Island is great. I really recommend that you listen to that. It does mean giving money to Amazon because it's on Audible, which I know is not great, but you know, maybe you can find it somewhere else. I don't know. Uh, but I do, I do really recommend that. I love Marty Ross, and I think that adaptation is stellar. And yeah, I, um, I think Treasure Planet is another really kind of interesting take on that story. And I love those aliens. I love the Niles alien. I love the cat alien. They're all great. Uh, so yeah, an underrated Disney from me and a possible cat. Alright, so number seven, Mittens from Bolt. When I first watched Bolt, because I watched a bunch of Disney movies I'd never seen before for my dissertation, I had such low expectations going in. I really didn't think I was going to like it at all. I was so pleasantly surprised. It's basically Midnight Run meets Homeward Bound meets The Truman Show, I guess? Which is a great combo for me. Uh, like, two out of three of those are two of my favourite movies, and Homeward Bound is fine. 
Anyway, I love it. I really like that character and her arc. I think it's a really sweet movie and uh, Mittens is a, you know, she's a skeptic with a heart of gold and, you know, that resonates with me. Okay, next. Where are we? Six? Is this six? I don't know. I didn't number these, man. I'm Whatever. Uh, all the cats from The Cat Returns. It's not a top-tier Ghibli movie and I completely acknowledge that, but... You've got to love all of those cats. Um, fantastic cat movie, if nothing else. So I couldn't pick just one. Obviously, the Baron is going to be the obvious one to go for. But, you know, I think Muta is fantastic as well. And there are just so many. There's so many cats in that movie. How could you pick one? Uh, so that's all of them. And then I went for... Uh, I don't know. I, I went a little off-piste with this one, maybe, but I'm gonna go for it. It's Renato Manchus from Zootopia, who's like a, a panther. I didn't put a lot of big cats in here, but if we're counting Captain Amelia, I think we have to count panthers. And I know, once you open that door, it's like, all right, well, are you gonna have Bagheera? You know, are you gonna have Simba? Um, I haven't included them in this uh, for no real reason. I don't know. Like, whatever. It's my list. You make your own list with the Simba on it, okay? Um, but I just, I just wanted to put him on there. I know that uh, a lot of people prefer the... <laughs> The one snow uh, leopard who's on the train, uh, as far as like sexy cats from Zootopia go. There's also, of course, Clawhauser. I would say probably not a sexy cat, but a very endearing cat, very lovable cat. And then you've got the mayor, who is, you know, love to hate kind of guy. Not the villain, but, you know, he's a little bit dodgy. But for me, it's got to be Renato. Uh, I just love him and uh, and how cagey and uh, spooked he is. So uh, so he's on that. All right. And now at number four, we've got another character who maybe isn't technically a cat, but I feel like he's enough of a cat that he should be on here. And it's Cat Bus from My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, we love him. Uh so great. Everything about My Neighbor Totoro is fantastic. There's not anything about that movie I don't like. Uh, it's just stunning, gorgeous. We love it. And of course, you know, Ghibli, I think nearly every Ghibli movie has a cat in it, or at least every Miyazaki movie. Like, he, he loves his cats. I think he manages to get a cat into pretty much every one of his movies somewhere, but um, Cat Bus is one of the more significant ones to me. Uh, but of course, even more significant than Catbus is Gigi from Kiki's Delivery Service. We got two versions of Gigi. We've got the Japanese version and we've got the Phil Hartman version. Very, very different Gigi's. But both wonderful, you know? I, I like both versions of the film, honestly. I do think that the Japanese version is probably better but at the same time, I just love Janine Garofalo. So sometimes I watch the dubbed version just for her. Anyway, Gigi, what a fantastic cat. And a black cat, no less. So we love him or them. Well, it's a female voice artist in the Japanese version, but apparently that's like a cultural thing where 
cats are imagined to have feminine voices, uh, regardless of their gender, I think, and, but then again, the cat returns, it's, I don't know, I don't know, don't quote me on it, but anyway, alright, so, at number two, we got Moon from Whisper of the Heart, who maybe is also in The Cat Returns. Um, it's difficult to say for sure whether this is definitely the same character, um, because the, the version of that character in The Cat Returns is mostly known as Muta, and they seem to take place in kind of different universes, I feel like. You know, in Whisper of the Heart, the Baron is very much a fictional character, whereas in The Cat Returns, he's real. So I kind of feel like they exist in, in different continuities, even though some of the same characters are present. But the reason Moon is up there for me is just because I think Whisper of the Heart is such a gorgeous film and a real underrated Ghibli film. You know, I love Kiki's Delivery Service, I love My Neighbor Totoro, of course they're fantastic, but I think Whisper of the Heart is one that is underseen and underappreciated, and maybe, you know, a slightly more mature film, maybe that's not fair. Uh, because I do think that Kiki's Delivery Service actually deals with some really interesting themes that still very much resonate for me. Um, but Whisper of the Heart is just um, so subtle, so nuanced, and so so much about these small emotional moments of just being an artist and how difficult that is and how resilient you need to be to make that work and I just think that's such an interesting and important message for an animated film to make. Uh, so yeah, so that's number two. But at number one, it's Figaro, my beautiful Figaro from Pinocchio. Um, now, ranking all the Disney cats is an entirely different project that I absolutely want to do, but not here. But, you know, spoiler alert, Figaro's going to be my number one for sure. I just adore Figaro. I think he's the cutest Disney cat, probably the cutest cat ever on screen. I'm just now realising that I forgot to include Oliver from Oliver and Company on this list, who is also freaking adorable um but but Figaro's number one in my heart and on this list forever just the the cutest little cat that ever pranced across the screen and you know I mean I I love Pinocchio I know it's kind of divisive for various reasons um mostly because it scares the shit out of people which I completely understand but I do think that it oh my god some of the most stunning sequences not only in the history of animation but in the history of cinema I just think it's such an incredible technical achievement but also emotional achievement such an achievement in storytelling you know it's it's terrifying it's moving you know I'm not saying it's perfect but uh I do think it's an incredible film and I think Figaro is an incredible cat uh so that's my list and I'm sure it's different from yours. Yours would probably have Simba on it, and I get that. But hey, that's the beauty of a diversity of opinion, isn't it? 
Anyway, this went longer than I expected. Who could have predicted that? Uh, but as I said, I do really recommend Anne Bilson's Cats on Film, which I did use to jog my memory of a couple of cat-related movies. I can also recommend the website cinemacats.com and the Twitter accounts at RonronTech and at Cat in the Movie. And Ron Ron Tech is R-O-N-R-O-N-T-H-E-Q-U-E. And Cat in the Movie is Cat in the Movie. And Cinema Cats has a Twitter account as well. So uh, if you, like me, love felines on film, you can check out any one of those sources. That sounded kind of smooth, right? I didn't even script that. That was just right off the dome. How good was that? Okay, thanks. Bye.